Hello, and welcome to the Pompey Politics Podcast. Blue and yellow, till we die. I'm Ian Tiny Morris. And I'm Simon Sansbury. We're now into double digits. Is it ten already? It is ten. Oh, this is superb. So on our start for ten... Yeah, what sort of a political week have you had, Simon? Where have you been out and about thwarting the will of the people and <laughs> causing general yellow-related mischief? Um, well, um, I have indeed been out and about. I've been. I was down uh, Palmerston Road last Saturday, uh, uh, meeting the meeting the great and the good from uh, from across the city there with a, with our street stall, talking about all matters Lib Dem, and talking about the B word. Oh, and how was that received? Uh, yeah, it, it went well. Lots, lots of at the end of the, these things are always a, always a bit of a mix. There are some people that, um, as with everything else, that have different points of view. There are some people that agree. There are some people, you know, there are people that um, agree on some things but not others. But it's it's always really nice to actually get out and meet people to get out from behind the social media yeah. echo chamber and actually have real conversations with people. And did you remain largely unmilkshaked? <laughs> uh, yeah, there was there was no milkshaking because it was the um, Love Salsi day, so there were lots of lots of excellent um, local food proprietors um, and other stalls there. So it was really nice, very tempting um, array of food. But because of my aversion to anything spicy, yeah. um, you know, but anyone anyone with probably a more reasonable palate would have um, would have been spoiled for choice. Really. I would have gone bonkers. You you would have. So so it's unfortunate that you weren't there to support us on the stall. No, I would have loved to have been there. But uh, unfortunately, I was shaving my head with a cheese grater whilst chewing on tinfoil. <laughs> okay. I'd, I've been less politically active this week. Was uh, spent. We're recording on it's Tuesday. Tuesday. It no, Tuesday? no, it's not. It's Monday. It's Monday. <laughs> I spent a little bit of time on social media today, taunting racists, which was uh, I, one of my favourite pastimes. To be fair, yeah, it's one of those lovely things. If you ever want to hear the most racist thing ever. If the sentence starts with, I'm not a racist, but, then brace yourself because it's going to sting. So, um, so yeah, it's been quite politically active, watching everything that's been going on in the leadership races, which we'll touch on at the end. Oh, and, yes. Uh, yes, I can. Uh, Although I gave my inclination last week, I have actually cast my ballot in the leadership uh, election. And I still couldn't cast a vote because... My attempts to join the Conservative Party thus far have been thwarted. It's almost like they don't want me. I'm sure they do. I, I'm, I'm sure they do. I'm sure you'd fit right in, but maybe the universe is trying to save you from yourself. I don't think so. So, marvellous. Leave might mean leave, but don't join doesn't mean don't join. No, no, no I, 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 shall, I shall rally along. So, we've got a virtual guest today, haven't we? We sat down a couple of weeks ago with Jerry the Inquisitor Brown, a... a a folk known to local political forums as somebody who won't take sod off Jerry. We're not telling you for an answer. <laughs> uh, this is true. He is he is the man that leaves no stone unturned, no freedom of information request uncompleted and sent back. Um, and basically, um, yes, how he manages to keep abreast of actually all of these all of these details that he tracks and the the way he levels down. So it'll be really. Really interesting to share with you some because we've recorded a couple of segments with Jerry and the other ones which we'll which we're having later episodes. But the one that we're going to have we're going to um, share with you later on today is is him discussing the council's um, decision to invest um, in Lakeside and purchase it. 
Mm. And, you know, it's fair to say about Jerry, he's, he's like the third member of the Pompey Politics podcast team, but he's the one that actually does his research and, um, and, and shows due diligence in most of the work. How dare you? We do, we do research. We do research. Look, I had like 15 pages of notes about, to, to about be fair, Stonewall. Stonewall, yeah, you were the gold star for that one. I suppose I had my... Uh, my spreadsheet early, but yeah. Well, so yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's not all just blathering opinion. No, I've done done us a disservice. So, before we dive into Jerry's piece, it's probably worth, your pardon. Uh, as it were, matron. We've turned into an Ealing comedy, marvellous. Um, this whole thing about the council investing mm-hmm. seems to get people very hot under the collar on social media, and you regularly see posts that say, "Well, if they've got hundred million to spend on a." Aquarium, why don't they spend it on the poor and the needy? Why don't they spend it on the poor and the needy, Simon? We would have when we were running the administration, I'm sure. Um, well, you didn't. So, um, an investment in an aquarium, that just sounds fishy. Hey, baboom. It's the wrong place to invest. Oh, dear God. God. It's a small scale investment. Oh, I've had enough of this. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, sorry, everyone. Um, and so, Bream. Uh, yes. <laughs> Uh, oh my god! There's a fundamental difference which which um, which doesn't seem to be kind of clear clear knowledge, and that that simple thing is that the money that the council uses to invest in businesses, and those could be you know um, retail parks, leisure centres, um, whatever those those sorts of th- you know warehousing, those, all of those all of those different investments, and um, for the vast majority of them, they borrow that money actually from central government, so from a from an investment fund, um, and because they're able to borrow that at a very very cheap rate. That makes actually a lot of things actually worth investing in for them, which is a good opportunity for councils like Portsmouth to uh, to make those sorts of investments. So, kind of the question point here is: could we could we use that money to spend on services? No, we can't. The rules the rules are such that though that money has to be used to invest in something, whether that's um, infrastructure or whether that's um, you know the sorts of investments that the, the council deal with. That's those sorts of things. But that couldn't be used, for example, to uh, to fund adult social care or it couldn't be used to fund education and i guess the key thing about it and the 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 principle behind it is that you borrow the money very cheaply from the government yep you invest it yep that generates an income Mm -hmm. part of that income is used to pay the government back the money they've lent us Mm -hmm. and hopefully there's a nice wedge on the side that the council can then use to pay for things like adult social care and all those yes you know those kind of revenue things so Ultimately, money can't be used to pay for services, um, and hopefully it makes a profit, which means that the council could provide more services on top of their budgeted uh, ones they run with at the moment. Yeah. So, Simon, how much property has the council got, and what sort of things have they got in their portfolio? Okay, so um, so the information I'm, I'm going to quote is um, basically comes from a... A report to cabinet last October. Yep. So um, obviously things will be slightly different since then, but at least it's you know we've got that kind of clear reporting. So our our result our um, investigations obviously not as thorough as Jerry the Inquisitor Brown. So we've just googled and found some found some stuff. So in a report to council in October last year, um, the assistant director for property and investment at Portsmouth City Council, Tom Salwell. Okay, so at that point of the 183 million pound investment that was available, um, 146 million had been invested. Yep. And those investments were generating an income of 8.4 million per annum. 
We'll pause you for a second there. Yeah. So we've got a bucket of 180 odd million. Yeah. So we've got 37 million in our back pocket. Yeah. Just in case we want to buy something else. And 147 million has generated 8.4 million pounds in income, which yeah. by my reckoning comes in at about 5.7%. Yeah, when you look at that, that that's actually quite a considerable return. Um, I, I don't know the exact figure of how much our cost of the Portsmouth City Council's cost of borrowing is, but with it being substantially lower than co- than commercial rates, then well, commercial rates about five percent. Yeah, so so that's that... a, that says that even if we had been borrowing it commercially, mm-hmm. then we're you know on that eight point seven million. Then you're looking you're looking well over a million pounds in profit mm. if we were borrowing it commercially, but if we're getting that rate much lower, that is. That is very decent money. Well, yeah, and so that 8.4 million can be used to actually invest in in services. So I guess the the logic there being all the time that those investments are delivering that that level of return, that works. Um, And and that's actually... So I guess the concern would be if those investments start to deliver a lower level of return um, or fail. So... I guess the council operates in a space where commercial operators, unless they've got a great, big, a massive wad of cash, yep. um, aren't going to be able to operate because they're not going to be able to borrow the money cheaply enough. So that might be why um, some of those some of those opportunities are divested by those those um, commercial investors, um, and the council can pick them up. Um, but it's worth kind of state. Sorry, just one thing I will quickly state is that 183 million, 73 million of that is equity, and 110 million of that is borrow- is borrowing. So not all of that is actually borrowed money as well. So, okay. so you know, anything, you know, the rest of that would be would, would be the borrowed money. But but still, it kind of all the time the sun shining that makes a that makes a good thing. Um, so the question would be is are these sensible investments? Well, and I think there is an element of, you know, as with all investments, there's the, and the value of your investment can go down as well as up. So, and it's interesting because it's why I know some people have looked at it and said, you know, well, why would you buy a Mercedes-Benz showroom in Eastleigh? You should be spending that money in Portsmouth. Well, if the answer is that that, it almost doesn't matter what the property is, provided it's got a good tenant and the tenant pays their bill every month and looking forward, they're going to keep paying their bill. It almost doesn't matter whether whether it's an office or a warehouse or a shop or a burger stand or you know whatever it is, provided it's going to keep you know paying the the borrowing back and giving a little bit on top. Then it it makes it a good investment. Uh, yeah. So um, of the another thing that's in the in the data that, that was presented in this report is that um, of the investment, sixty seven percent of them are single let. And thirty-three percent of them are multi multi let. Mm-hmm. So, I guess at least one advantage of a of multi let sites spreads your risk. You, you're spreading your risk. You, the, the chances that all, so for example, if those were retail units, if all of those retailers shut at once, the chances of that happening at the same time are quite are quite low. But if your investment is in a in one unit, so say for example, as um, it was a, a Waitrose store. And the waitress decided to shut that store, and you can't find someone else to take the let on. That then becomes quite a, you know, that investment becomes quite a liability. Um, absolutely, but waitress aren't going to be closing stores. Yeah, you know, I use that example. Waitrose. Yeah, everybody wait- loves a waitress. Yeah, you know, um, John Lewis partnership never knowingly undersold. Other, so then, su- so, other supermarkets are available. Yeah, um, I mean, obviously, not the department stores though, right? 
No, no, no department. Well, department store doesn't doesn't work for anybody, does it? Department store these days. It's called Amazon. Um. So yeah. So from a from a sector mix. Um. So that's another another really good point. So us talking about it is probably a bit safer to actually have a um it having you having a, a unit that's basically more than one tenant. Um. So of those investments, fifty percent of them are industrial. Thirteen percent of them are out of town retail. Twelve uh, percent are mixed use. Ten uh, percent are alternatives. I'm not quite sure what that is. Nine percent are food are food stores, and six percent are offices. So that's quite interesting. A very low number of them being offices. Bearing in mind, there's in, in lots of parts of the country, there's there's pretty much an oversupply of office accommodation, mm-hmm. and indeed in lots of places, there's there's attempts to turn that office accommodation into housing, um, because basically we need lots of housing, but we don't need so many offices because you know lots of jobs in offices of either moved offshore, being computerised, or people do it from home when they're not busy. I certainly Watching do. Victoria Derbyshire. I don't watch Victoria Derbyshire. Are I, you sure? I never. So we've kicked that one about, mm. and we'll now lead you into the capable yes. uh, the capable hands and ramblings of Jerry the Inquisitor Brown and buying Lakeside. Lakeside, the former IBM North Harbour mm-hmm. facility that's been significantly developed since then, mm-hmm. uh, is being looked at as an investment by PCC. Um, so if we were to, for now, disregard the investment cost, the deal looks like it might actually be sound because it's got a strong and varied client base. Mm-hmm. So it's not all your eggs in one basket. It's not like one company that could, could at some yep. point fold or bugger off somewhere else. It's already got a rental income. It's not like you've got to do a whole bunch of stuff for a couple of years mm-hmm. before you start getting some money back. So yep. it's like money back on day one, pretty much. Existing viable operation. Existingly, existing going, it should be fine. Right? Um, there's some concern, some people have raised some concerns about IBM moving out of the remaining office space. Which frankly wouldn't be a bad idea because you know it needs more office space. Mm-hmm. It's a really great location. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, I doubt that the machine room building will be moved because moving that is a significant effort mm-hmm. and delivers significant risk to IBM across Europe. But they might go. So there are lots of benefits for PCC from owning the site. For a kickoff, there's a huge amount of development potential on the site. It's a big site yeah, with a lot yeah. of land. You could put a lot of new stuff on there, as they have. A hotel, a Porsche dealership, a co-op, you know, a bunch of stuff. Lots of like stuff can go there. We do like the co-op, especially on a Friday afternoon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Top Is that you're hunting for the reduction stickers? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it's not open at the weekend. So Friday evening, everything must go. Is that where you go for your quinoa? No, no, no. I used to send the boy in looking for meat when he worked there, but he's now moved offices, so he's no use to me as a... Do they sell quinoa over I've there? no idea. You are asking the wrong man here. It's like, I, I consider chicken... Ian's big with his vegan lifestyle. I consider chicken to be a vegetable choice. So, so talk, talk about the development potential for North yeah. Harbour, right? So when the initial plans were put in for North Harbour, it included a link road to Port Solent. Mm. Right. So okay. a road underneath the thing. Now think about it strategically from a council perspective. Mm. Where are the big developments if you own North Harbour? Well, first of all, Port Solent is a bit a bit on a spur, right? Yep. Yep. Because to get there, it's like it's a long way round to yes. get there, right? It takes forever. You, you have to you drive past the bins. Go around the houses, yeah. right? I have to go through the past the bin shed, right? Yeah. Now, if you put a road straight through 
from where the M275 is, pretty yeah. much, yeah. right? From the IBM site, and you put a road straight through there. First of all, you've now revitalized Port Solent. And, and sorry, cut in there, haven't we got the Port Solent reclaimed land country park extravaganza being built? Over good, this? good call, exactly. Yeah, where, so now we've got access to this. Tens of thousands of new trees are being planted. But now think of the real benefit to mm. Portsmouth. It's not so much in that, but there is a huge chunk of land that's going to get redeveloped called Tipna. Tipna. Yes. And Tipna needs to have a land bridge to Port Solent. Mm. And once you've built that land bridge from Tipna into Horsey, and then from Horsey into Port Solent... It kind of unlocks all that development. You've unlocked it? all of that, and now you've got a big road that goes from the park and ride yeah. roundabout... So you can come down to the park and ride or up to the park and ride yeah. and go round the link road up to Port Solent or anywhere in Tipna. So now all of a sudden you've got Tipna linked to Port Solent. The value of all those assets goes up. Not only that, but now you've reduced the, 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 the time for people to get to work if they work in North Harbour but live in Portsmouth. Yeah. The time for them to get to Lakeside by bike or by foot. Yes. Not only is it more direct, you don't have to go all the way up and around the the whole of the harbour, you just go straight across the bridge, you've now reduced the transit time from 40 minutes mm -hmm. to 20. So I think we've seen a lot of positives there. I mean, the only thing question in my mind, well, there's two questions, really. One is that this seems so imminently sensible. How come the Lib Dem administration have, have cottoned onto it? Hey. Because I, I can answer that question probably. The, I, I think, right, my suggestion, because I asked this question yesterday, and on thinking about it, somebody said to me, well, why would an investment company like Northwood want to sell that? Yes, right? why are they getting out? And the answer would be, well, do you know what? The returns are actually not that high. Mm -hmm. So the re predicted returns from PCC are not terribly high. And if you then take... So given that PCC borrows money at a very low rate from yeah. the Public Works Loan Board, mm -hmm. and it's taking that into account, and it's only showing like three million a year mm -hmm. benefit, yeah. right? actual cash benefit. What would be the case if you then doubled that interest rate to a commercial loan, mm. right? what would the return be then? And the return then yep. is not enough to justify the management time that I you're putting you into the property. Mm -hmm. But it's only attractive to somebody who can borrow money at a very Rich, low rate. Yeah. Either somebody who's got the money or someone that can borrow it really cheaply. Well, even if yeah. you had it, you wouldn't invest it. No, because the return, that, because the return yeah. isn't enough on the capital. Right. But for a local authority who's borrowing uh, capability is now much higher because mm -hmm. they've lifted the cap, right? so you can it, go and borrow more money, it makes more sense. And given this diversity, mm -hmm. it, and, and here's the other thing, right? How big is the car park at North Harbour? Massive. Yeah. Three and a half thousand seats. Park right? and ride. So yes. there's your park and ride overflow yeah. for weekends, right? Mm -hmm. Owned by the city council, yeah. five pound a head, you know, three and a half thousand times five pound. It's yeah. a lot of money every day, and you yeah. can run a bus service straight through the hole in the wall, yeah. straight down the motorway. It wild. seems to tick a lot of boxes. It does. So, yeah, Portsmouth City Council will be in a position to double Penny Mordaunt's offices' rent. That is true, but that yep. wouldn't be a sensible thing to no. do. No, because you represent such good and marvellous value to the city. And I'm sure we're getting great value for money from it. I absolutely... Just not from her. Stop it. Stop it with your spitefulness. <laughs> let's let's play Let's Count the Lib Dem MPs in Portsmouth. Oh, no. That'd be zero then. Right, it's been... Jerry, you have once again been marvellous, insightful, and brought a level of scrutiny and cleverness to this podcast, which uh, which is... 
seldom seldom the case. It's usually just Simon and I bickering and him getting stuck. Well, all off. I can say is thank you for all the biscuits. Oh, that's, that's okay. Don't worry. We've offset them as a loan against the assets, and we charge that back. That's in good. An, in an and, undeclared transaction. And perhaps for listeners, we should say that the biscuits are actually hobnobs, and for variety, we also have chocolate hobnobs. Yes. Are they hobnobs? No, they're, 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 they're digestives. We've got hobnobs and chocolate di- milk chocolate digestives. Ah, uh, uh, you see, I'm, I'm so I'm so spoiled to have biscuits. Yeah. I can't tell the difference. I was I was because I had an option of the digestives, the milk chocolate digestives, because they were on offer in McCall's. Yep. Um, but there was also milk chocolate hobnobs. But I thought that's too much chocolate. Don't. Not every not everybody wants chocolate. I don't no. quite understand why, but not everybody does. But nonetheless. Um, today's episode has not been sponsored by McVitie's. We've been hobnobbing. Hey, Marvellous. Jerry, once again, thank you very much. Pleasure. Thank you, chaps. You've been listening to the Pompey Politics Podcast. Blue and yellow till we die. I've been Ian Morris. And I've been Simon Sansbury. And I'm Jerry Brown.